0: Welcome back to Stay In Your Lane. I'm your host, John Maley, Triple T Transport, and I've got two special guests today. This subject is very passionate, I think, for most of us in our industry. We're going to be talking about alternative fuels, where the industry is, where we're headed, what's realistic. So I reached out to the American Trucking Association, and today we have uh, Jacqueline Gelb and Paul Ruiz.
1: Hello.
2: Hey there.
0: Very good. So, uh, I think everyone gets a little edgy, you know, and has their own maybe personal perspective on what is the right thing for the trucks to be doing and, and what's environmentally intelligent and, you know, uh, I think you know, electric cars have made some of a, somewhat of an impact in the car industry, but the, uh, the trucking industry is going to vary. I think from that and what we're looking at with all the alternative options, the electric, the electric hybrid, natural gas, biodiesel, propane, hydrogen, I think that it's all hands on deck looking for options in our industry. Uh, But what, you know, I want to try and understand from you guys. So you guys work and collaborate with a group there at the ATA and try and tell us, tell our our listeners what you, you do in on a day in day out basis as far as energy.
1: Sure, absolutely. So thanks for having us here. We're happy to be with you and definitely with your listeners. It's a hot topic in our industry, and it's a hot topic that's sitting with governments as well, even states and federal government governments, and even abroad as um, as well as we try to figure out what's the right way in the future of transportation in this industry. You know, where Paul and I sit, policy wonks to say the least is probably the best way to describe us but we are taking information of what our trucks oems what are they investing in where do they see the future of this industry going we're talking to our members who are the fleets of what technology are they adopting where do they see use cases successful and non-successful here of how to make this transition, what's working, what's not. And it's also talking to policymakers and regulators of really being the voice for the industry here, getting them smart on how this industry operates, how um, the industry makes purchasing decisions, how technology gets adopted in our space, um, but also of what's needed when we go and we make those investments as well. Trucking is the backbone of the country. It's the most important thing of it's touched everyone's lives, especially after the pandemic here that everyone loves getting their Amazon package, especially on time. That's all moved by trucking. And so trucking really does move America here. So we want to make sure that we have successful regulations and successful policies that are going to work for our industry.
2: Yeah. I mean, I would only add to that, uh, that, there's been a lot of change in our industry and a lot of increased attention um, to energy and environmental issues. Uh, In part, that has happened uh, really with our drivers, our fleet managers, our members, um, not fully aware of how the conversation is changing in Washington, D.C. and in states across the country. The past few regulatory rounds with EPA, uh, we've relied on technologies that our industry has largely used, and we've phased in um, carbon reduction strategies. Now, uh, we're looking at a framework that wants to transition our industry into power sources that are still uh, proving themselves out in the fleet context. And really, what, what Jacqueline and I often need are those case studies that um, how fleets use different technologies, where it's appropriate. Um, you know, often we're talking about how the heavy duty segment is different than light duty. Um, you know, frequently a lot of the lawmakers on, on Capitol Hill think that the they're the same, um, and they're not. Uh, you know, the set of decisions that fleet managers make when they're thinking about ordering a a, a vehicle, the cycle by which they are going to use that vehicle, um, all the considerations regarding the purchase price and what they need to operate and maintain that vehicle, um, that is all uh, That is all different than the light duty segment, which tends to be a lot more of an emotional choice and a very different use case. And uh, uh, you alluded to it a little, a little bit ago, John, but, you know, we were very happy that um, you know, uh, Andrew Boyle presented up on Capitol Hill, um, you know, very recently gave and shared or shared that, uh, that, that fleet perspective.
0: Um, you made, you made a statement there that I, that caught my attention when you said emotional in the light duty, our industry, I think everyone wants to be conscious and be intelligent and, and do what's right. Right. I think, if I, if I just draw a, a generic generalization over all the truck drivers in the United States, I'm going to tell you after 29 years of working with truck drivers on a, on a daily, weekly, intimate level, right, I'm going to tell you that over 8 out of 10 are phenomenal people. So unless you're walking in your shower shoes across the parking lot in Minneapolis uh, to go in to take a shower to hear you know driver number 82 your shower is now ready and eight inches of snow in 12 degrees think about what the job that we're asking these people to do on top of how we equip them to be successful from an equipment perspective in the United States less than 10% of equipment is owned by trucking companies with more than five trucks so 90% of our industry or more at any given time are one to five truck trucking companies, right? So when, when you, Jacqueline, spoke about, you know, regulatory uh, changes in, in activity being so high, I, I don't know that most people in the United States understand that nine out of 10 or more trucking companies have one to five trucks, to to drive a, a change in the industry that could be a failure is catastrophic. Absolutely,
1: you know that is very much of the conversations that we do have that Paul and I have from sitting in our seats with regulators and policymakers. Because he made an important comment there that when they think of trucks, they think of lumping them in an automotive. And just on sheer size of the market, light duty, you know, usually is what they're thinking of. They think manufacturing's done the same way. They think the supply base, they think the purchasing decisions and even the performance requirements are the same. It's a completely different thing for us as the truck industry. It's completely different size. It's a completely different way of how our fleets and our members, how how their business is set up. And when you go and you make a decision on when to purchase a new truck, that's a business decision. That's a capital investment that you're that you're making. And the requirements that you need of how you need to even spec that truck is based off of what type of route you're running. What are you hauling? You know, we you know, we kind of think in the industry of that we do mass customization really, really well of how we manufacture trucks, right? right? You know, when you go and you purchase a truck, you can choose any type of configuration because that's important for how, what, how you are running your business. What What are you hauling? A trucker making a decision of, I'm not going to buy this year because I need to make sure that this technology is proven before i go and make that investment i need to make sure the performance requirements are there for this truck so that i feel confident that i'm going to have more up days than i am going to have downtime days you know so you know it's a lot of understanding sitting down and understanding with regulators this is how this interest, industry proves technology this is how it adopts technology this is This is what's needed to make this all work, because you make a very good point, John, is that we get this wrong. It's catastrophic for our industry. It's catastrophic for the country of just moving the supply chain. Um, So we want regulations and legislation that are going to be set up for success here. Um, And unfortunately, what we've been running into as of late is that it is definitely heading towards a One size fits all approach, mirroring a lot of what's happening in the light duty industry here and thinking that, you know, electrification is going to be here tomorrow in our space. It's a completely different use case for us than it is for the light duty industry. And sitting down and really sharing those stories with regulators so that they understand how is this going to be successful here?
0: We're seeing rolling blackouts right so we understand that there's a, an overall power issue there's more people in the country than than there are you know every year there's more people more power is going to be used so if we can't provide and grow the power supply pre proactively ahead of trying to do this then it is set up for failure at some level now i think there are niches where the uh, the electric uh, you know would work but that's a, a small percentage of our industry it's not uh, it's not something you can legislate the whole industry on where you know if you're running regionally and you know and the temperature allows for it and the climate allows for it you know you might be okay with an electric truck if your product isn't that heavy right so when we start you start looking about uh, at, at, at how the trucks are spec'd and you know understanding you've got to carry a payload that's substantial, right right now, I think the average payload's between you know forty three and forty six thousand pounds on an on an average over the road truck does that seem accurate to you too?
1: yeah, it does, and as we continue to talk to e p a it's a very diverse industry, you know. Paul and I are working with EPA right now on, we're in active rulemaking on greenhouse gas phase three. You know, probably listeners very much remember greenhouse gas phase one, we're in the middle of greenhouse gas phase two now. We're now starting to look at regulations for twenty model year 2027 and beyond. EPA is looking at 101 different vehicle classifications. That just tells you how diverse our industry is. A one-size-fits-all regulation is not going to work here. There are going to be different adoption rates here for technology. There are going to be different use cases. There's going to be different opportunities of where you can electrify Where where can we leverage like, you know, we just finalized a brand new um, emissions regulation with EPA at the end of last year for model year 2027. So where can we leverage that regulation for clean diesel technology that's already on the road that's only going to get better here? And then also, as we look through as alternative fuels, what can we use today and leverage today? To make sure as we continue from a technology space, use a one-size fits all from an energy space here. You know, there are things we can do that are kind of the low-hanging fruit to move a transition here. The trucking industry has a fantastic story to tell on the environmental side. You know, we get beaten up a lot, but the industry has made tremendous strides on cleaning up their tailpipe emissions. We have been partners with, on most days, we are partners with our regulators because we want successful regulations here.
0: So where are we at versus the 80s then, Jacqueline, from an emissions perspective on trucks?
1: So one truck from the 1980s emit the same emissions as 60 trucks on the road today.
0: So it's 60 times better.
1: 60 times better. That's a re- big number.
0: Re-
1: we have reduced criteria pollutants, NOx emissions, particulate matter out of our tailpipe emissions of 99%.
0: 60 times. Wow. That's, uh, that's incredible. Um, I think we want to stop there, but I would like to have you on for next week also, because now you've really got my attention. And, uh, first off, uh, Paul and Jacqueline, uh, I can't thank you enough for being on and, uh, We definitely want to continue this uh, next week, okay? That's all right with you?
1: Sounds good.
0: Thank you for being on Stay In Your Lane. Continue watching
2: on the next episode of the Stay In Your Lane podcast.